You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Glory to God. Well, good to see all of you. Good to see all of you watching too. Praise the Lord. Hey, if you got your Bibles, turn to Psalms 19 and verse uh, 14. Hallelujah. Actually, let's back up to verse 7 just because it's a good. You know, there's so many things running around through my head right now, all the different things I'm trying to focus in on. Just say, okay, Holy Ghost, what is it Harvest Bible Church needs? (laughs) You know, sometimes all the things that go on and sharing here, teaching there, talking to, you know, okay, which hat do I put on right now? What am I doing? And, uh, oh, I've done more talking this week than I care to to do just because of all the things that having said, but uh, praise God, how do you know that one of the biggest things that we have to do right now on guard, we have to guard our minds, and we have to guard our thoughts, and, and what we can think, and, and how do you know things can just, you know, actions, or, or just, just anything said or done can just wipe you out, yeah. amen, because your thoughts can just run wild, well here in, in Psalms 19, Verse 7 says, and I'm reading out of the King James Version, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect. Thank God for the word of God. Converting the soul. Aren't you glad that our soul is being saved? Praise God. Our soul needs to be renewed. And we're going to talk about our souls. And we're going to talk about our thoughts. Talk about how to combat against the enemy and some things. But I like what the psalmist said here. He said, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. How you know, the Bible says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy in, in Revelations. It says that. So if we testify who Jesus is and we testify about, right, he said, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It's what we believe in. You know, I'm teaching on the life of Christ, and you're probably going to hear a lot of that. But anyways, uh, to these students and teaching on the life of Christ, and, and you know, Jesus' life was before he was ever born on the earth. We all realize that he was preexisted. So you have to talk about all, all of that right there. But when we look at what his life was and what his life consists of, uh, that man, his testimony, his testimony is so amazing, but it makes wise us because that's what we believe in. I mean, Jesus is the answer. If you took Jesus out of the Bible, you have no Bible. You guys realize that? Old Testament, nothing, it it, it collapses because Jesus is the central figure of of everything. The reason God started everything, the reason God did everything, and then when Adam and, and Eve sinned, boom, that began. God said that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. Amen, of the foundation of the world. Look what he said also. The statutes of the Lord are right. That means all the things in the Word of God are right. Rejoicing our heart. How do you know that when we guard our, to, to guard our heart, we've got to guard our thoughts? See, because the Bible says, whatever a man thinks on, so is he. Which simply means we've got to ask ourselves, are the thoughts we're thinking, do they bring life to us or do they bring praise to God? How did it, we've got to grab a hold of ourselves in this. Because believe it or not, you know, this may shock you or probably won't probably know exactly, that all of our problems is because of what we think. All of our problems are because of our thought process. We think somebody's judging us or we think we're not doing enough. We think that this is going on with that person doesn't like us. This person said this. This is what's going on. And it's this whole thought process that messes us all up. 
That's why in, in Isaiah, what, 26.3, it says, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Amen, or stayed on the, says you will keep him in perfect, He's talking about the Lord. I mean, we gotta, we gotta grab a hold of this and go, oh my gosh, because most of our problems are our head problems. We, we, we are, we're our own worst enemy. Amen, we just, we get these thinking and these thoughts, and I don't know about you, but mine escalate so fast. You know, it's, you know, and, and then those, then, then it becomes everything else you're doing, it makes it a whole lot harder to do what you need to do, amen, because of the thought processes. And, you know, the number one thought process is what we think about God. And who do we think God is and what do we think God's doing and, and, and where do we think God is, 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 is helping us. But let's keep reading because I want to get down to verse 14. It says, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening our eyes. Hallelujah. Thank God for what God said and what he commanded us to do. Thank God it opens our eyes to see where we can walk in peace. He said, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever, and the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Amen. Now jump down to verse 14. He said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Man, aren't you glad God knows your heart and he knows what you're thinking? The devil doesn't know what you're thinking, but God knows your heart. He knows what's there and he also knows what you're thinking. God knows all things. I used to say, Lord, you know everything's going on. Why don't you fix it? I need you to slap me. I need, I, need, I need to wake up out of this. I need to rise up out of, out of this right here. You know, and um, the thing about it, he says, well, so he goes, why are you thinking that way? You know, if, unless we change what we're thinking on, we'll never change the output or we'll never change the outcome of what we're looking at. Amen? You know, and uh, we won't actually change anything until we change how we think. You've got to think in line with the Word of God. You've got to think in line the way God thinks about you. Because, you know, most of us have a Gideon syndrome. We think that we're from the smallest family, from the smallest tribe. We can't do anything. Who are you talking to? You're not talking to me. I mean, first of all, you just, that was a totally crazy thing you just said. Mighty man of valor. <laughs> There's nothing mighty about me. There's nothing valuable about me. There's nothing worthy about me. That's what Gideon was saying. That God, why would you even pick me to do this? Or why would you even ask me to do this? That's a crazy. Amen? But see, God always chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. You remember what Romans chapter 12 says? Uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, He wants you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The second verse says, And be not conformed to this world. But by transforming, transforming your mind, or but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, don't conform to the world. Don't conform to the world's thinking because the world is wanting you to be transformed and thinking this and doing this. See, God wants to transform you into a totally new person with a totally new thinking. Amen? See, the reason that Jesus, God, came down to man was so that it could be God with us, so that when he died, it could be man with God. Do you know that Jesus is 100% man, 100% God, he's at the right hand of the Father, but he's representing you and I, and we're in him. Hallelujah. 
Glory be to God. And when you understand that, but he wanted to change our thinking. He wanted our human nature to be changed and to be brand new. He wanted us to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. But you can't be a new creature in Christ Jesus until you start thinking the way a new creature starts to think. There's a lot of born-again Christians who are even, even have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, love God, but they still walk around with ugly thinking. They're kind of walking around in the situation where they kind of feel like God had to choose me because I found him. Let me just blow your bubble right now. You didn't find God. He found you. The Bible says no one can come to God unless he draws them. God drew you. God, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God wanted you. So stop thinking he don't want you. Amen? Stop thinking that you're not good enough. Stop thinking that you can't do this and you can't do that. Listen, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do all things. You're a, it's a new way of living. He wants you to have everything to become brand new and new on the inside of you. But he's got to change the way you think about yourself. And the only way to do that is what Romans 12, 2 says. You've got to get your mind renewed on the word of God. It means you've got to start thinking in line with what God said about you. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. It only matters what you think about you. See, God already thinks good about you. He already loves you. Isn't that amazing? He loves even you. I mean, that's amazing. Glory to God. You know. I mean, can you ever ask yourself, okay, listen, you know, if God makes us a new creature, I'll be, I love God, I know I'm born again, I know I'm going to make him, but why do I still have to deal with my flesh? Gosh, why do I have to still deal with my mind and all these thoughts? Why do these bad thoughts come? Why do all these stupid thoughts come? Huh? I'm like, Lord, you know, I, I'm not doing this, I'm not going, you know, going after these things, I'm not looking at these things, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just trying to live this life, you know? But see, it's not enough not to do things. You have to deliberately do things. See, we get messed up not by what we do, but what we don't do. See, we've got to renew our mind. If you don't renew your mind to the, the, the way of thinking and the way of what the words are, you will regress back to the way you once thought. You'll always fall backwards. We will, you know? I remember asking the Lord, I said, Lord, why do I have to do that? He just said, you ain't sanctified yet. Now, that's a good old King James word, and that's a good old religious word and everything. Nobody likes sanctification. See, because sanctification simply means you've got to do something with you. <laughs> uh, so I said, what do you mean? It means that God has set you apart to do something very special. God's chosen you. God went after you. See, God chased you. He got you. He got you born again. Now he expects you to chase him so you can fulfill what he wants to do in your life. Amen? There's a process that takes place, you know? See, God said he wants to preserve you, your spirit, your soul, and your body. That's the way God works. And God always works that way. God works on the spirit. He makes you brand new. Then he starts renewing your soul so that your soul can tell your body, shut up and start doing things. Amen? You know, God wants to do that. And he talks to us both ways. He, he, you know, people say, oh, well, God doesn't need me and God doesn't care about my body. Yes, he does. That's a temple. And if you don't take care of your temple, that's the only temple you got on the earth. And if that temple doesn't work, you ain't going to be on the earth. Okay, and if you check out too soon, Jesus is going to say, why are you here? Because you're not supposed to be here. So you don't want that to happen, amen? 
See, we need to understand that our spirit is alive unto God. You know, your spirit is just so excited for God right now. Now, your soul is still dealing with all the junk of the day and all the things of the world and all the things that are going on. And your body, you just parked that old carcass here. It just got here. You're just glad you drove it here. You know, and, but you know, your body will do whatever the soul tells it to do. Amen. It really will, you know. And, and, but we've got to guard. I might remember what, you know, go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, if you would. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. The Word of God tells, and, and the reason I do is I, I'm preaching to myself, get myself happy here, because you know, your mind just goes, you think, oh my gosh, that was terrible. You know, every time I teach or every time I share, especially when I'm doing it with an interpreter, I feel like I do such a lousy job. I feel like, man, you, you're just, you're horrible. I do. I do, and everybody, I know that, I'm not supposed to think that way, but the thing about this is that, you know, I, uh, uh, and of course they tell me how anointed, how wonderful, and they're so precious, they're so sweet, I don't know if they're lying or not, but praise God, they're so sweet, you know, and everybody says that, they're all about the market, and it's like, oh, Lord Jesus, you know, but it's, it's, you know, and I never want to get comfortable in it, because I want to make sure I'm always leaning on the Holy Spirit, but... On the other side of the coin, there's, all, there's usually, most of the time, it's like, it's really good, and it's really great, but, you know, and, and I am getting better, because first time I ever did it with an interpreter, man, I just went back to my hotel room and cried. I said, oh, God, I don't even speak English, I speak American, this is terrible, oh, Jesus, you know, I don't even finish sentences, and that's hard on an interpreter. So... I said, Lord, why do people keep inviting me back? I got voted back in. See, that was the thing. I taught in first year. You know, we went there in, in 2019 and did the first year of this school. It's a four-year school. It's accredited. They're going to come out with their bachelors and, and everything. And so anyways, but uh, so we went there and I taught, you know, 12 hours, you know, there. And it was wonderful with an interpreter and, and everything too. But, uh, and so the, this is the fourth year. And so all the fourth year students got to invite back any of the instructors that they liked. They, they said the ones. And so I, I got, you know, I got invited back and to do first. Get started in February. So I, and I'm doing March. So, so it was a really cool thing to be. It was an honor. It's an honor. But I thought, gosh, how in the world? Man, the other instructors must have been bad. <laughs> and they're all my friends. So I, I, can, I can joke with them about that. But they're not. They're really good guys. I mean, they, they're all just, they're very, you know, eloquent and all this kind of stuff. But man, you know, that's where you get humbled. You just get very humbled in those things there because the thought process will wipe you out. And if you think that way, then you won't yield to the Spirit of God. You won't allow God to use you to to say what you need to be said. Amen? And here's the thing about it. I said, say, Lord, why why are these thoughts even coming? He said, you can't stop thoughts from coming. You just don't entertain them. Or act on them, but you can't do it, but you just can't entertain them. You can't let, you know, because the power of the thought is by the amount of attention you give it. Amen? And so, if it, you know, if it, you don't give it any attention, it has to go. It doesn't matter if he keeps trying to bring it back, you know? I mean, because thoughts will come. I mean, thoughts will come, thoughts will go, but if you don't put them in word or action, they die unborn. I remember hearing that a long time ago, and it helped me. Because there were so many things that were bombarding, so many things that were coming. And so I said, okay, Lord, I've got to to guard my heart because out of it are the issues of life. My heart is so good. And the way I guard my heart is the way I guard my thoughts. 
Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, casting down imaginations. Man, you know, I taught on imagination. Imaginations can be good and they can be bad. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And I love this. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm so glad that we can capture every thought and bring it into the obedience of the word of God. Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> and here's the thing. You know, you can't fill your mind with junk and you can't fill your mind with all the stuff of the world and then expect life to flow out of you. Amen. And your mind is way to, you know, the Bible talks about that our soul, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. So it has voices. It has feelings. I mean, it has all kinds of things that just kind of mess you all up, you know. I mean, how many of you know all of you have a mind library? You can pull out all kinds of books that you've, you know, it's volumes of where your, your past is or what's going on or what takes place. And isn't it funny how the one that you don't need the most is the one that falls on your head? You know, that comes out and says, oh, yeah, I remember this. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, my gosh. You know. <laughs> but, you know, if you use that library right, then the right thing will fall on your head. Amen? And you got to understand, that's our library. We have this thing that's it's, it's there. But how do you know also that uh, our mind uh, will have this, you know, I like to say it like this. Let me just back up. I'll say like, the intellect is our mind's library, but our imagination is our mind's eyes. And you got to watch what you're seeing because your imagination can run wild of what's trendy. You run back, oh, did I do this? Didn't I? Didn't do that? Have I done this? Have I didn't do that? You know, and uh, you thank God that the imagination has the great possibilities of creating great things, but it also has the bad possibilities of wiping you out of what imagining bad things. But see, God wants us to renew it. How do we renew it? We just let the word of God be the word of God. That's what changes us, you know. <laughs> I used to, you know, it, it, memories are great, because, but some memories can be bad. Amen? Hallelujah. But God's desire is for us to have all the, and, and you know, I don't know about you, but I like to talk to God just in plain, say, God, why did you make us like this? It's okay to make us like this when we didn't know you, but once we knew you, why couldn't you just rewire us? And get us all without this, this thing called emotions. I, I hate that side of the, the product here. I'm a guy, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, just in the emotional side of things, it's like, you know, I don't have time for emotions. They wear you out. And you ladies, you're amazing at what you get accomplished with all your emotions. I, my, I, my hat's off. You guys are awesome. My wife's oh, it's just like, gosh, emotions just wear you out things that are said and then you're like oh I did that I didn't even know I did it I'm sorry and I'm thinking I don't know why I did it but I did it I got all these emotions because I don't even remember doing it but I guess I did because you said I did oh man golly and you guys can go through that 10 times a day and you still function it's just wiped wipe me out I got my day white half white I, half my day got wiped out I was like glory be to Jesus these things stink who wants it you know who wants emotions my gosh sheesh come on just give me a reason here's a reason here's the reasons we have. let's look at this logically let's look at this analytically let's, let's come on let's, let's put it in this box see, see emotions they touch things touch together it's not good for us it just messes it all up you know thank God that you guys are wired that way you can handle all of those things there 
But man, and the reason I asked, I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me to get back in focus here, get back in whatever it is. Because see, how many of you know that whatever captivates your thought life captivates you? And, and it'll cripple you or it can, it can, it can, it can, you know, ex- explode you into, into doing good things. But if you allow just, you know, thoughts and, and, and feelings and things to, to, to run rampant, it just wipes you out. You can't do that. You've you got to grab a hold of this and say, no, we're going to take a hold of this. Lord, I'm not going to have anything control my life except for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And so we've got to continually bring these thoughts into captivity. You've got to continually bring these things back to the Word of God. Because I remember one time the Lord, He said, listen, you know, you have to be the one that takes control of your mind. Your mind is your responsibility, not mine. I took care of your spirit, you're alive unto God, but now your soul is being saved and it's up to you how quickly it gets saved. What does that mean? How quickly it gets renewed. How quickly we get to operate it in the power of the presence of God because when we think in line with what God says and we begin to act in, in line with what God says, then we can begin to do what Jesus said. Remember in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, Jesus said, or Paul said this, he said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Remember, remember 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and, and, and verse 15 says, but you've been given the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We have that thought process. We have what it is. And it says that glory to God, we can renew our mind on the word of God because that word is what we know what Christ thinks in this situation, what he wants to do. He said, it's up to you how quickly your soul gets saved. And the funny thing about it, it doesn't matter if you keep doing it. See, my soul is still being saved. It's still, I'm still doing the word of God. But it's like, okay, hallelujah. God, I'm doing a revelation because I want to let this mind that was in Christ Jesus be in me and operate the way he thought. Amen? See, I have to, and I have to develop new mindsets. I have to develop new mind thoughts. I have to develop and say, okay, God sure doesn't look like this is right, but your, your Bible says this is the way it's supposed to be in my life. You know? Hallelujah. So here it is. God says, you renew, you think in line with what the word of God, you got to develop these things and you'll walk in light of it and it'll change you. Remember what he said in Colossians chapter three. He said, set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. Well, well, that word affection means set your mind on things above. It's like, Lord, I don't want to be so heavenly minded. I'm no earthly good. He said, you can't be because if you'll get heavenly minded, I'm all about earth. I'm all about people. I'm all about what we're doing down here. I'm all about seeing people born again. I'm all about loving my kids. I got a family in heaven and I got a family on earth. Amen? He said, and I'm all about us getting together. I'm all about this right here. You know, so if he tells us that we're not supposed to think on the things of earth, it doesn't mean that we don't think about our work. It just means that the most important things is what God is speaking to us. And if we can fix you, then good things can begin to happen because then you can actually begin to think well and begin to think well of others. Amen? Amen. I mean, that's what will happen. It'll change your mindset, you know, and then all of a sudden you'll begin to act differently. Things that used to mess you all up don't mess you up anymore. All of a sudden people say, well, you're changed. You say, well, you know, praise God. God told me I had to get rid of anger. He told me I had to get rid of rage or in, in malice behavior or slander. I, he had to tell me that I can't lie anymore because the Bible tells us we're not supposed to do that. Amen? And you can do that because you've got a new nature. I'm not so glad we've got a brand new nature. I'm so glad. So glad our sins are not covered. Our sins are taken away. 
I'm so glad that he gave us the ability not to sin. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, because he said, you have to take this off and put this on. Remember over in Ephesians, he said, you put off the old man. Then he said, put on the new man. Because you've not so learned Christ, he said. You know, Christ isn't this way. You've learned this way. Remember, that's in Ephesians chapter 4. Remember, there's down there in verse 29 says, I will let no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearer. That means I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to speak bad about somebody. Amen. You know, because you just, you're going to give them the opportunity. I'm so glad that when you allow the word of God to come in, it brings in captivity. It grabs a hold of your mind and it begins to change who you are. And thank God for 1 John 1, 9, when we can say, Father, forgive me. You know, we met, forgiveness is a great, one of the greatest words in Christianity is that, hey, we're all going to make mistakes, but thank God for forgiveness. Hallelujah. And the key is you got to forgive yourself. You, gotta, you can ask people to forgive you all day long, but if they don't, that's on them. But when you forgive yourself and you ask people to forgive you, you can walk free from any guilt, any condemnation, anything that the enemy's trying to do to you. And you start thinking in line. Because why is that so important for our day and age where we're at right now? Because people are going to try to put things on you. They're going to try to put guilt on you. Amen. They try to put guilt on you because you're not doing something. They put guilt on you because you are doing something. How many of you know it can really be crazy and... and and believe it or not, anytime somebody's trying to put things on you or the, it feels like the enemy's trying to, it's always that religious spirit that tries to do it. It's people who are thinking, well, you shouldn't act that way. You should act this way. It's like you have no idea what kind of day I had. You're just lucky I'm acting at all. <laughs> and right now I'm making allowance for your actions <laughs> and not reacting. <laughs> No, we've got to make it funny, but really our thought processes is so vitally important because we've been so trained not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. That we've been, and that's true in the sense of where when you begin to think that you are somebody, you know, in that it can mess you up. But really, we haven't thought high enough of ourselves. And that's what's caused us to be in, in a lot of a messes because we've allowed other people who have told us that this is what's truth instead of taking what is truth and realizing this is what is truth right here. The word of God and also realizing that, no, wait a minute, God's speaking to my heart. And I, I can be clothed in this. I can walk this out. I can do what God says to do. Amen. Amen. See, and I've got to guard my heart and I've got to guard my mind because whatever eventually fills my mind will fill my life. I always, you know, and, and I, I love the Lord. I love the way he talks to me because it's so very blunt. Most people would get offended. Most people couldn't handle it. But I love that because, you know, it, because he talks to me very, very just deafening. It's like, hey, you have as much as me as you want. Your life is as good as you want. Your life is blessed as you want because that's what you're doing. It's up to you how much you want. It's not me. I've given everything. Then he just, you know, because then the scriptures come out, I've blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. I supply all of your needs according to my riches and my glory. Hallelujah. I've made you the head and not the tail. I made you above only and not beneath. Glory to God. My spirit, my spirit lives in you. That same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead, it's in you. What are you doing with it? (laughs) See, now all of you, he has to be a whole lot nicer. But for me, he just says, hey, stop it. 
You know, it's kind of like the kindergarten cop when he picks up that kid and just, stop it. I understand that. It works for me. You know, most kids be traumatized for life. They, you know, have to go to therapy or something. But that works for me. Because some, you know, that when we start worrying... We start getting into fear. Because see, we've got to be the one that has a voice that declares truth. And we've got to be the ones that, that continually have the voice and continually share truth with you. Because we need to declare that Jesus is coming back. Amen? And that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know? I mean, that's the thing that uh, when the emotions come and when, when things, thoughts are going to come in, most thoughts, the biggest thing they bring with them is this little thing called worry. Or fear, or discouragement. I mean, how do you overcome that? Uh, Amen. By the word of your testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. But the key is, is that overcoming discouragement, discouragement is just simply just camouflage fear because you believe that the situation is not going to change. You know. And you have to look at things and say, wait a minute, time out. Now, what I always do when things don't look like they're going right. And understand this. I'm not teaching this, this message because th- things are going awesome. Things are wonderful. I mean, we're believing God, exercising in every area, fighting the, the good fight of faith. My wife is getting better and better. How do I deal with stronger and stronger? You know, I just keep playing until I win. I never lose because I never quit. See, the game's never over. I don't care what kind of, I may lose a bunch of rounds, but I never lose the fight because Jesus already said we won. So how do you lose when you already know you won? Amen? So you've got to just keep playing the game. You've got to keep going forward. You've got to keep doing it. But see, worry does. What worry does and fear does and discouragement is that it gets you to think, oh my gosh, it's not going to change. What are we going to do? How are we going to handle this? And yet, God said, you know, that he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound. Like God said, don't worry. Jesus said, don't worry. Don't think about, don't worry about this. Stop. Because see, worry does, worry destroys your faith, worry destroys things, and it cripples you and gets you not to do things. We get all concerned about, what are we going to do about this? Oh, what are we going to do about that? Oh my gosh, how are we going to handle this or how are we going to handle that? And, uh, you know, I love what Philippians chapter 4 says. Let's go over to Philippians chapter 4 and let's, let's close this thing out here so we can, uh, you know, <laughs> amen, amen. Oh, hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And this is one of my all-time favorite scriptures. Of course, I think the whole Bible is my all-time favorite scriptures. I keep saying that about everything. But I love the word of God because it just brings life. How many of you know that it just brings life? It just brings life to you. And each time I look at it, I think, wow, Lord, you are so amazing. Because you said you would, you would keep me in perfect peace. You would guard my heart. I gotta, but I've got to take some things with my mind. So Paul gives us some things we're supposed to think on. He tells us what not to think on. And you've got to make sure that you're thinking on the right things because your thoughts will bombard you. And it just takes any, just anything. And then you've got to regroup, regrab a hold of yourself and say, okay, that's just my emotions talking. This is this talking. This is that talking. But thank God for his word. He said, finally, brethren talking to the church at Philippi, and he said, whatsoever things are true, man, that eliminates 99% of your news. And how many of you know that, listen, you need to test every thought with a true test. It's a true test. Is it true? Is it true? You know, you've got to do it. Is it true? Amen. 
And that is exactly right. Is it, is it true? Does it, does it, you know, in the scriptures, does it go according to what the word of God says? And here's the thing. When I talk about truth, this is the only thing that I know is truth. There are facts and we have to deal with facts all day long. You know, the fact is, hey, I got to do this or I got to do that. But when your thought process comes in, all right, for truth, you need to distinguish between truth and fact. It may be a fact you're hungry, but that ain't truth. You're just hungry, Okay. You're hungry. Do something about it. I mean, you know how to do things. You can do something. You can do something. You know, it, it's there. You know, you got You got You can do something about things. And you, you have actions of what you do. But truth is, is the thought process of what you're thinking on or what you do. Is it bringing life to you? And is it bringing praise to God? Because scripture brings life to you and it brings praise to God. And the goodness of God or the things of God brings life to you and it brings praise unto God. You realize that it's truth, you know, can be two things about your, because you say, oh, I love my wife or I love my husband can be truth or a fact. Because it can be a fact that, yeah, that's true, but you're not acting on it. It's not benefiting you. So you're not getting the joy from it. It's not a truth. Because if it's a truth, then you actually do something about it. Amen. So we need to know, we got to, truthful things are those things there. Notice when he said, whatsoever things are honest or honorable, Wow. You know, what gives honor? What is respectable? What is honorable? What do we do? How do we handle this right here? You know, it's, it's something that thoughts that bring respect to God, respect to ourselves, and respect to others. Is this thought that I'm thinking, is it honorable? Amen? You know, most of the time we have to honor the dishonorable. We do. We have to be like David. David had to honor Saul, and Saul was the most dishonorable person in the world. But David honored him all the time because of the office in which he stood in. Amen? You remember when David was about to do something really bad, and Abigail stopped him and said, you're about to do something really dumb, even though you have a right to do it, but it's really dumb. And David said, thank you. You're right. I'm not going to do this. You're absolutely right. You know, and uh, since David didn't avenge himself, Abigail's husband choked on a chicken bone or something, and he died, and David got Abigail, okay? So we see this, but, uh, you know, that's just a side story. Anyways, the honorable things is realizing you need to, is this going to bring honor to them? Is this going to bring the things that take place? Next thing he said this is that whatsoever things are just or whatsoever things are right, Wow, we need to feed on righteousness and justice in the kingdom of God and understand God, God's the one that can, let God be the judge, let God be the one that does it. He also goes on to say, he said, what things are pure? That eliminates a lot of things you can watch and a lot of things you can do. You know, anything that's not unclean and, and not good, hallelujah, we need to back away from all of those things that are there because it'll just mess with our minds. Amen. But see, the reason that Paul wrote all these things is because he wants us to walk so that we can receive the things of God. Someone says, man, if I do all this, I ain't going to be doing nothing. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna you know, that's right. You're going to be renewing your mind on the Word of God, and you're going to be a lot more happy, a lot more peaceful, glory to God, and a lot more productive. He goes on to say, whatsoever things are lovely. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, let's, let's think on the beautiful things. 
things that are lovely, things that are wonderful, sight, sounds, relations, everything that's going to be a, a, a wonderful thing there. He goes on to say also that whatsoever things are of a good report. I like something John Osteen used to say all the time. He'd say, a lie will go around the world seven times before truth can even get its boots on. Because <laughs> people were always, were always wanting to believe the worst of things. I mean, why is it that news has to be so bad that that's what everybody wants to see? News that are good, you don't even get to hear about it. Amen. I mean, that's what we see. But if we are doing things of a good report, hallelujah, glory to God, we want to give things that people will be inspired by them. They'll be blessed by them. That God will do great things. He goes on to say that if there be any virtue, which is if there be any excellence, and if there be any praise, think on these things. And you know, that's my little wonderful saying that the Lord gave me many, many years ago. If it doesn't bring life to you and praise to me, it's not fit for your thought life. So stop thinking about it. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I mean, if, thinking things that bring praise to God, man, that'll change everything about you. And see, if we'll change our minds, we can change our lives. We can change everything about us. But it's a process and it's something we have to do daily. We have to do it daily. Why? Because things are coming at us daily. Remember I told you about the emotional thing? You get that emotion, that's just, you know, you get that in it's like, oh my gosh. Then you got to grab yourself, you got to give, and you got to rise above it. Amen? Then you got to start thinking what God says. You got to start thinking what the Word of God says. Hallelujah. And when you do that, God does good things. God opens up our heart. God begins to do it. Amen? He changes us. And he wants to change you. So don't let what the world says, don't let what's going on around you determine your thoughts. Don't let it determine who you are. Grab a hold of those things. And let's say, you know what? I'm not going to let this thing between my two ears mess me up anymore. See, God gave you a brain, but you determine what kind of mind you want. You determine what kind of mind you're going to have. The Bible, I mean, you ever looked up all the things about minds in the Bible? There's those that have a reprobate mind. There's those that have a mind that's void of judgment. There's those that uh, allow their mind to just wander and go off. Hallelujah. I mean, there's, there's ones that has a strong mind. Hallelujah. Then there's the ones that have the mind of Christ. And you're the one that has the mind of Christ. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And here's something too. You know, your mind is the primary enemy of what the, it's the primary target of what the enemy tries to do. Remember, I told you in the beginning, our biggest problem is what's between our ears here. It's, it's, it's our thoughts. It's what causes everything is how we think and how we think about people. Instead of stopping and saying, wait a minute, they're just having a bad day. You know, one thing I noticed about David is David never judged the person or judged a person according to the, what they did just in one day. He always gave, and, and he was a man after God's own heart, and he, was, he wasn't even born again, but he just gave people the opportunity to have a fit of carnality and still change. Aren't you glad that God, God allows you to change? Aren't you glad that just because you messed up today or messed up yesterday and didn't do what was right, that that doesn't define you? Amen. It's kind of like what one person said, you might have done what they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. So you determine who you are by the way you determine on how you're going to think about yourself and you determine others by the way you're going to think about them for your own self. 
And I tell you, if you begin to take the word of God, it'll change you. It'll make you. It'll mold you into good things. Amen? And that's what God wants. God wants us to say, okay, I'm going to take his word. I'm going to think in line. And I wish it was so easy. I wish you just snap your fingers and you just say, you know what? I'm okay. I can do this. <laughs> oh, you know, I've been preaching for 43 years. In my 43rd year, I've been preaching a lot, doing everything. And I still don't think I'm any good at it. And that's lousy. But not that I want to get there. And I'm not looking for attaboys or anything like that. What I'm saying to you is, is that I'm, I'm still studying and trying to make myself approved unto God. And I'm still doing things because I'm doing what I know to do because God's called me to do it. I love what I do, okay? But the, but the thing is, is that I said, you know, Lord, I truly believe what your word says, that what you said, that I'm just a vessel that you can use. And I'll never forget this. I was the regional director. I shared this story with you because this is what really got me. I was a regional director for RMAI, Raymond Ministerial Association International, of the, of the seven states that I was in the New England area. But I'm in Pennsylvania, and, and Brother Hagin Sr., Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's my spiritual father, he came in and did a meeting for me with a whole bunch of pastors. And it's my region. So he gets up and he shares. I mean, it's just, you know, we're all just like, it's just awesome and wonderful. Then he turns over to me and he says, he says, he says, you know, Pastor Butler, he says, is that what, what I said? Was it, is it, was it okay? <laughs> you can imagine. All of my peers, there's 200 pastors in this place. They're all looking at me like, dude, what are you going to say? He, what are you going to do? I mean, I didn't know what to say. I, I mean, I'm like, I, I said, Brother Hagin, that was awesome. It was wonderful. And then he said, listen, he said, no. He said, listen, you may all think that's funny because he's one of my spiritual sons and he's one of my boys. He said, but he said, I'm in his neck of the woods. He's the regional director here. So I'm submitted to him. And, uh, you know, I got to make sure I do okay. I might not have done okay. I said, Brother Hagin, what do you mean? You always do okay. He said, well, I, and he goes, but I never think I do okay. And I thought to myself, you don't think you do good? Who am I? <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> but that was an, inc- I mean, his, what he taught was so amazing. But that right there was the most, I mean, and, and it was amazing because every one of us in that room, we never forgot that. We might not remember what he said. I remember what he said. But, it, but the key is, is that every man, every minister in the room remembers that. And I especially remember that <laughs> because, you know, and I thought, you know what, hallelujah, I want to stay as humble as that. I want to stay that because I don't want to think these things because I want God's word to be the focal point, but I want God's word to have free course in our lives. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we honor you and love you. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you, Father, for all those that are here and those that are watching. And Lord, hallelujah, our heart's desires that lives are changed, that we as Christians, that we will show the world how great you are through us. Because that's what you wanted to do. You wanted to show the world your manifold wisdom through the church. Hallelujah. And so we thank you, Father. Let us think in line with what you have us to do. Let us think in line with the word of God. We honor you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.